a trashy trash show where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I'm your host. My name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. Greetings, earthlings. Oh, yes. Do you, do you come in peace? Nope. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Eat. What's up, girl? How was your, how are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm just chugging along. I, you know, I'm just chugging along. I did, I had a, a thing where like I, was out to eat at a restaurant and then just organically ran into someone I knew. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I haven't I haven't had this kind of experience in like two, two and a half years or whatever. It was did cool. you did you overreact? No. It was like I was coming back from the restroom and then Winston was like, look who's here. And then it was oh, like, okay, okay, okay. Hey. And then got up and hugged and talked, you know, and I was like, okay, we're gonna go back to our food. But cool, this is what society felt like. It's crazy, like watching like shows in the '90s, aka Friends, and like how like whenever they would see someone, they'd be like, "Hey, should we push our tables together?" <laughs> like, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Good to <laughs> see you. I'm going to have my meal away from you. <laughs> yeah, go away. What are you trash? Let's just okay. get right into it. Let's get right into it. Okay, so I born and bred trash. Trash yeah. since I was a baby, right? Yeah. So trash out of the womb. Trash out of the womb. Yeah. So I, <laughs> when I was in school, um, k- kindergarten specifically, we had a program where the sixth graders would come and read to us in kindergarten. So I'm just ch- clipping along. I'm just probably queen of kindergarten. It wasn't like an official monarchy, but. But we know. Yeah. An understood, uh, you know, uh, assignment. Dominance. Dominance. Yeah. Yes. So I had like two or three, you know, sixth graders that are assigned to read to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, actually, I can read. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then read to us. And I was like, great, great, great. And then I even, then I upped it because they a, first believed that I could read these like sixth grade <laughs> level books. <laughs> and then I said, I actually can read in Spanish. Erica. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. And then I proceeded to just make up mimic sound like dribbles just mm-hmm. th- what i thought would be word like whole chapters like minutes and minutes and like ho- whole chapters of you know flip the page and then start out you know and they were like oh my god Eric- erica can read and span it like oh my god she's like really advanced and like had these sixth graders fooled so i didn't have to hear them because re- i was like i don't care about these stories i'm bored do you really think you had them fooled they were- like in retrospect hearing that story you think that you had them fooled that people, I mean, granted they're sixth graders in Oklahoma, but you think that they're that stupid. The, the world wasn't as global when I was a child, girl, 11 year olds, 11, 12 year olds in Oklahoma at this point in time. I, I, I bet they kindergarten they babbling along, but I, I had, you know, some, I knew some Spanish words and but I think I would even in- have a Spanish book in front of you. No, but I was reading the English words in quotation Spanish. Honey, they're being, they were being nice. No, I was an actress from the birth. I believe you were an actress, but I do believe that <laughs> this performance and the laud that you got, that was, they were being friendly being like, great. Now we didn't have to read because this kindergartner wouldn't shut the fuck up. Cool. How trashy. are you not? Af- oh, how are you not sorry. afraid of them? Because I was the fucking queen in kindergarten. How are they not afraid of me? 
I was so afraid of older kids. We had to do a, a day. In fact, you know what? I'll talk about this for why I'm trash. It, it'll it'll segue into why I'm trash. So we had to do a day where the fifth graders had to go and shadow a sixth grader for the day <laughs> at the middle school that we were all supposed to go to. I was, I'd never been more terrified in my life. I was so fucking nervous and scared to go and shadow a sixth grader. And like some of them we even knew because they'd graduated like the year before, but most of them we didn't. And I was like, I'm going to, I, I, in my head, I was like, I'm going to show up and these kids are just going to like spit in my face and beat the shit out of me. Like, I don't know what I thought was going to, or like, they're going to force me to do drugs in the bathroom. Like I was so scared, but fifth grade. Colorado, if you went to fifth grade or fourth grade or something, if you went to elementary school in Colorado, chances are in like around when I was the nineties, whatever, chances are you went to young Ameritown and young Ameritown was lit. So it's like this, like a floor of a, this is why I'm trash, by the way, this is a floor of a building and it's set up to be like little shops and basically just like teaching kids about consumerism and capitalism at a young age by being like, okay, so on young Americtown day, like everyone's going to go, everyone starts out with universal basic income at young Americtown, but everyone like has jobs and, you know, like they get lunch breaks where you can go shop or do whatever you want. So we're getting ready, you know, cause you get assigned roles before you go to young, young Americtown. You have to know what you're doing before you go so that you can prepare. <laughs> Wouldn't you fucking know my job is working at a store. I can't remember the store. And my boss was none other than my best friend at the time, Jenny Fleming Owen. And I was like, what? Wait, what? Jenny is my boss? I'm not the boss. First of all, when I was asked what I wanted to be at Young Ameritown, I said the mayor. <laughs> and certainly, if not the mayor, something else in that, like something in government. Yeah. But I was not just made not the mayor. I wasn't even the manager of the store I worked at. I oh can't believe it. When I look back on it now, I'm like, did they not know? Did they, did they meet me? I've yeah. always been in a precocious Anna you know, animated person. I find it discrimination. I think that because my dad died when I was around that age, that they thought I couldn't handle it. I could fucking handle it. So yeah. leadership I mean, potential has always been within you. You exude it. Yes. I'm always a leader yeah. and in a masterful improviser. So fine. I went to young Ameritown. I said, I'm not going to let the fact that my fucking boss is Jenny Fleming Owen, my best friend, like stop me from loving young Ameritown. So when I got my lunch break, girl, I didn't come back for an hour. They had to look for me. They had to go, where is she? 
In fact, this isn't why I'm trash. Again, the the line between trash and heroes very close, very thin. Yeah. But I I just was like, I'm not. I don't want to work. I don't no. want to work at the store. <laughs> I want to take my fake money and go get my Dave and Buster's like you know caliber goods that I'm buying, and that's what I want to do. I want temporary <laughs> tattoos and bracelets. <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, gun to my head, I want to be the mayor anyways. So (laughs) whatever. It started a long path now into my thirties of me taking too long of lunch breaks. (laughs) I don't want to fucking work. Yeah. When I was the year before kindergarten, I went to my dad's holiday Christmas party and he was like, kind of like the the boss or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I sat in his, on his office, like desk or chair. And so one of his coworkers came in and said, oh, are you the boss? Mm. And I said, yes. And then I got up and stood on the desk in my little Christmas dress <laughs> and then just started telling people what to do because I thought I was the boss. And drunk with power. The, the, drunk with power. There's, a, there's photos of me standing on the desk from when I was that age, just being like, and you should get the punch ready and the, the Christmas lights aren't all on and just dictating to these grownups. And they were probably like, I guess we have to do it. Cause like technically her dad's the like, but she's, she's four. Like we don't, we don't have to, right. I don't know. What to. are the rules? Yeah. It's like, you have to, <laughs> oh my God. So let's get, let's get into these stories. Cause we give it the slightest amount of power. We just go drunk with it. <laughs> yeah. And this, this first story, the, the, the subject of first story must have been drunk when they were doing what they were doing. Drunk with something, man. Um, this is coming to us from news.artnet.com. An Australian tourist, a land of criminals. Is that PC to say? <laughs> I know it's a joke that British people make, but like if it's very much uncool, then maybe we should take that out. I don't Correct know. Us. There are indigenous people, but these settlers... <laughs> Were well, because didn't they use criminals. it as a jail? Yes, essentially, you were sentenced to Australia. <laughs> yeah, Britain okay. used it as like a big island prison. <laughs> yeah, okay, and, and then that's why sent people. So yeah, then sent people <laughs> to be like, oh well, I guess these Australians need wives, and then made it just like a penal colony. But then we're like, well, populate, come on! <laughs> it was like insane. I, I don't know. Australian listeners, we love you so much. Please write in and tell us what history is because we are American. Our schools are terrible and we don't know anything. Yeah, I am not well versed in Australian history whatsoever. Anyways, an Australian tourist just got caught on a moped joyride through Pompeii's vulnerable ruins (laughs) because nothing says I respect the dead better than riding a moped over where they died. This is the third incident of a tourist wreaking havoc on Italy's cultural heritage in recent months. Oh my God. Chaos. So Pompeii (laughs) is the volcano, right? Yes. Pompeii. Mount Vesuvius. Yeah. Stopped everything in place. And so we kind of have like a picture of like what, what life was like because it just covered everything yeah yeah, Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy definitely definitely a walking tour not not quite a moped moment he the 33 year old man slipped inside the site behind authorized vehicles using a 
moped in the service entrance. So, like, they knew. (laughs) Okay, but you know what I'm going to say. Time traveler? (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe they were just your wife. Yeah, why else would you need to go in disguise through a service entrance Mm -hmm. to ride a moped through Pompeii if there wasn't some sort of life-threatening time war reason? Yeah, no, they have to go back and find... They died in Pompeii in Mm -hmm. in year 79, right? Mm. But they have to go back and get their bones to some kind of time lord for some time war exactly so they have to they're like no you don't understand as they're being drug away because this this lasted like minutes before it was you know kibosh but they're like you don't understand i'm trying to solve a time and then they were gagged and of course thrown into like a italian jail car that like 1920s (laughs) like wagon (laughs) i picture all criminals are still thrown into there was um Another American tourist or two American tourists who caused like $25,000 in euros um, to go down the historic Spanish steps in Rome on scooters. They got they got fined and they were banned from the site. Except but a scooter man just makes people feel uh, real squirrely, I guess. Well, it just, pardon me. It just I can't take pardon me. I can't take anyone serious on a scooter like like even if you're gonna do like terrorism i'd be like oh yeah that's so fun and quaint and then you're like no take me serious and i'm like i just can't i know you have a bomb strapped to your chest but you are on a delightful little vehicle (laughs) yeah i uh maybe i'm the asshole in that one and i'm trash but i i just can't take you serious (laughs) would love to cover a deep dive into the um, Lizzie McGuire movie, but there's just not time. But I would say that that is quite the work of art, troublesome work of art. So that is a great segue for our next story. It is from from smithsonianmag.com, smithsonianmag.com. Artist Damien Hurst will burn thousands of paintings in NFT experiment. So... He was trying to, he's doing an experiment to figure out what's more valuable, a painting or an NFT. If you don't know what an NFT is, good luck having me fucking explain that shit. But I'm pretty sure it's just like a, a non-fungible token which on means the blockchain. To me. <laughs> so just think, <laughs> so, uh, it's, a, it's a one of a kind item on the blockchain. It's registered on the blockchain. So it's like, there's only one and you are the owner of, and the blockchain so everyone has public access to know there is one this is the registered owner that's it so i like people can see it that you have ownership they can't necessarily see what the item is sometimes they can i mean don't people like just own like someone owns the rights to like piano cat or something but that's like but it's like different than rights whatever yeah i call it anyways nice fucking tulips because of the (laughs) tulip madness like i i think it's all very silly a bunch of bullshit so here's what he did he painted thousands of unique dot 
paintings with corresponding NFTs, and then he put them up for sale for $2,000 each. The catch was that by summer 2022, the owner would have to choose whether they wanted to keep the NFT or they wanted to trade it in for the physical canvas copy. Mm -hmm. And then whatever they didn't pick would be destroyed. So he sold 10,000 of these and was like, you want the painting or do you want to keep your NFT? Whatever you choose, it's fucking gone. Like the other one is gone. You can't change your mind. Jesus. That is $20 million that he's made off this art experiment alone. 2,000 times 10,000? Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of fucking money. BT dubs the majority of buyers, but not as big of a majority as you'd think, no. did end up choosing to keep the physical art, mm-hmm. you know, which makes sense to me. Like you probably enjoy it a little bit more, I guess, but still surprising that this was 51, 5,149 chose the physical and then 4,851 opted to keep the NFTs. So now- the 4,851 physical paintings for those who opted into the NFTs will be burned one by one this fall. E- all this art, man. What a crazy wild ride. I mean, he's basically trying to be like, what's what do you, what's more valuable? What do you think will be more valuable in the future? You know, mm-hmm. I think that either one is going to be more valuable in the future at this, of this specific thing. Mm-hmm. I think in general art will con- like physical art will continue to be more valuable, but I think these NFTs that these people bought, like this was probably, this is valuable. I think to people because value is only what we assign it to be. And now that this is like super exclusive and rare, people are going to be like, wow. Yeah. There's a, there's a old, uh, the twilight zone show, uh, mm-hmm. uh, episode and it's a bunch of bank robbers and they get, they're going to, uh, freeze themselves for the future. I'm trying to remember the, the details exactly, but they're going to freeze themselves for the future. They just robbed a bank with diamond diamonds or something. And then, they go to this cave to freeze themselves so that they'll hide out, the heat will die down, and then they'll come back alive when, you know, things, they're no longer kind of in danger of being caught, really. Mm-hmm. But they kind of, um, you know, fight amongst themselves over the split, and, and only one person actually freezes himself and comes out alive with all the loot, right? Uh-huh. And so he comes out, and it's like, Earth, but the future, you know, people are flying and all this stuff and he's, he's exhausted. He's, he's just had this battle with, I think when the other remaining time person that came out and he, he sees like a flying car and he flags him down. He's like, we, oh, you know, can you help me water? I need, you know, can you help me? And he offers them, he's like jewels or diamonds that he has from the robbery. And then, but he like dies, like he just passes away and they're like, oh, we'll have to get him help. But then the, the futures people are like, can you imagine he handed us his gar like diamonds are every now diamonds are just like pl- everywhere plethora pleth- it's like useless currency because it's everywhere now and they're like <laughs> how oh how sad you know so it's like what are you going to do with this if that's not the thing that's valuable in the future anyway i just thought was, i'll have to remember the plot it's really interesting it was one of my favorite episodes because it's like yeah none of this shit might matter in the future like 
I don't know. Speaking of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a fucking crazy story. I'm not going to lie to you. Not necessarily the <laughs> contents of the story, more that this story exists mm-hmm. and is something that is published. It's kind of crazy to me. I'm like wondering if this is... This is from metro.co.uk. Is this the new rebranding of the Royals? I I think this is like a lot of stories have always been shared about Princess Margaret, Queen Elizabeth's sister. She kind of had a, a loose relationship with um, responsibility. She, she, she just kind of drank too much. She was pro- probably pretty anti-Semitic. But she... Uh, Watch the crown. <laughs> yeah, she lounged around a lot. But, you know, like, anyway. So, Princess Margaret. <laughs> but this was, this was brought to us by a what-not-to-wear star, so Susanna Constantine. Oh, thank you, Susanna yeah. Constantine. So she she uh, she's telling this story to the Metro.co.uk. So I'll let you take it, Cassandra. It's going to sound okay. so beautiful coming out of your mouth. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so her Susanna Constantine's son, Vince, Viscount Lindley, used to date. Wait, Queen's late sister, whose son used to date. Oh, okay. Sorry. Hold on. Starting mm-hmm. over. Yeah. So Susanna Constantine used to date the son of the late Princess Margaret and was told a story about how one day she pooped a poop so big that she needed to cut it up for it to go down. And what was the only object available for this unflushable turd? I'm glad you asked. It was a real life silver cake slicer. <laughs> so, so, so she she told the How to Be Sixty podcast uh, on the How to Be Sixty podcast. She told the story that the princess kicked the toilet door open after she had gone down too long and saw with her pa- and was seen with her pants down. And just said, ma'am, it won't go down. And she looked at me and said, go get the knife. Go get me me the knife. Go Go get me a knife. So this is already crazy. This is essentially like, oh, like my boyfriend's mom noticed that I was in the bathroom too long, kicks down the door, goes, what the fuck is taking so long? And then she admits like to a royal I pooped too big and it won't go down. In their in their opinion, these people are divinely granted this authority by God to rule in his stead over these people. And he's like, what's taking so long? Let one of my one of my uh, you know, what do they call peasants or something? is in the bathroom too long let's see okay so this is what really is like i mean this is a gross story but we talk about poop all the time on this podcast yeah. so it's not surprising what's gross though like extra gross is that susanna then kept the knife as a memento she was like ah yes this was the knife 
that the late Princess Margaret cut up one of my poopies with <laughs> so that it would flush. And I'll pass it down to my children and their children's children. Yeah. I feel like I would I would just make up a new story about what it was. <laughs> but why you should never eat off of it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> speaking of people who should have been taxed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great. <segue. laughs> I, could, I couldn't I couldn't help myself. I didn't know if you had any more jokes about it, but I had to get it in there. <laughs> nope. This is again from artnet.com. Gotti, Sagrada Familia, has been building without a permit for 136 years, and it now has to pay a $41 million fee. So uh, the Sagrada Familia is this amazing and unfinished church in Barcelona. Me and Erica went. We cried when we went inside. It was really beautiful. But like, it's just kind of eternally unfinished. I don't know what the deal is, but they still, it's been, they've been building it for 136 years. Looks like some, you know, permit laws have maybe, I wouldn't say that they've probably changed. They probably just exist now. Like, I don't know if they, they have permits back 136 years ago. I don't know. Yeah, so essentially the historic agreement with the Sagrada Familiar after 130 years without a license. <laughs> I feel like they just, they built and then the city was like, oh, we now have these agreements. And I'm like, well, we already been building. We're not going to stop. Yeah, because what are you going to do? Like tear, it, tear down? it down? One of the huge reasons people come to Barcelona to see this. It's, it's giving me the vibes of like the East Hollywood Target, you know? Where it sat there for 10 years unfinished because the fucking neighbors complained that it was too tall. And then finally, like after 10 years and no one even caring about it anymore, they were like, okay, you can finish. Yeah. I I just want to say I've never felt so American as I did in the Sagrada Familia. So you have to take an elevator up to the top. Oh my God. And then there was a narrow staircase. Like imagine a a medieval castle, like a rat, a a narrow winding staircase that someone would have like a spiral spiral staircase. staircase. Yes. Spiral. Thank you. That you would have like a a sword battle on. Yeah. Just imagine two, you know, people fighting, but it's so narrow. Cass and I take this elevator up after hearing this obnoxious family talk about their vacations. And we normally do, uh, we we go to Stad for skiing and then the Bahamas for winter. But I guess we'll have to, I was, they were obnoxious. But yeah. so we go up in this, but once you go up, the only way down is down this spiral staircase. Yeah, which they don't warn you. They're like, yeah, pay extra, go up the tower, see view of Barcelona. So we say, okay. And then, yeah, the only way down is down. Like two people can't stand side by side. Like that's how narrow the staircase is. And they got windows going down this whole thing. When I tell you, we, I looked, I remember looking back at you one point and being like, this isn't cool. (laughs) Or like something along this lines of just like, hey, like, you know that this is like really bad, right? It's not just me. It was as if I, I, we were chanting like USA, you like everyone knew like, oh, these Americans can't handle this shit. Like we were clinging to the walls. We were clinging. We passed someone who was having an anxiety attack. Yes. And we were like, 
we we understand, but we can't help you. This is a put we the left back on yourself. Yeah, first. we we left her. We said, I- "I'm sorry, I'm I sorry." Gotta- yeah, I got to put the os- oxygen mask on me before I can help anybody else. Yeah, man. Unless you're sitting by Dolly Parton on an airplane, then you put that fucking oxygen, oxygen mask on her. Okay. It's an, an agreement we have as a society. But yeah, it was so embarrassing. It took us, I mean, I, I felt like an hour and a half to go down this staircase. It's an optical illusion after a while when you go down for that long of a spiral staircase and you're already feeling dizzy as fuck because you have windows with no bars or anything that are very high up. And like, I was like, not a hundred percent convinced that I, I, I'm getting kind of sick to my stomach thinking about it. I, I feel like my butthole tightening and my stomach turning over thinking about like how fucking scary that was. So here's what I think happened. I think that the... Barcelona, the city of Barcelona was like, ooh, we could use some money. Economy's not great. Mm-hmm. Mm, where can we get some? Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't you pull the permits on that uh, gigantic church? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, $25 million went towards improving public transportation. Bussy. Which is somewhat poetic, given that Gotti himself was killed by a tram on his daily walk to confession in 1926. <laughs> eight million at him dying yeah, no but it's just crazy yeah uh eight million would go towards improving accessibility on the city's metro system 4.5 will go to redeveloping local streets three million for maintenance cleaning and security and there will be a formalized planning permit for the building good glad that'll probably cost eight dollars the, the permit itself yeah the permit know. itself is like <laughs> but it'll take a long time yes. uh to get yeah. So I, I came across a Twitter thread and I said, this is interesting. And then I followed, I, it's like, I, I followed the white rabbit down a hole, hole, hole. Eventually I came to this educational publication article and uh, follow the white rabbit with me. Okay. So from news.northeastern.edu. That sounds legit. Yes, right, right. So it started with a tweet. So there was no scent. (laughs) So people reviewing Yankee candles on Amazon and other public forums are now leading to COVID-19 trends. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. So a fresh wave for bad reviews of Yankee candles, wrote Drew Toothpaste in December of 2021, and a screenshot of the Yankee candle reviews on Amazon. People saying, this candle had no scent when lit. Very disappointed. One star. No scent. Disappointed and embarrassed as this was a gift. Read another. Okay. <laughs> so this wasn't a new discovery, though. So Twitter users had noticed reviews for Am- on Amazon claiming Yankee candles had, quote, no smell. And wondered if there was a connection with COVID-19, which can cause... A loss of smell. I just think it's so funny that nobody put that together themselves, that they were so pissed off. They said, excuse me, my $25 candle that's the size of my bicep is not, is not fragrant. (laughs) It's supposed to smell like peach on the beach. 
these Yankees are making a bad deal to me. We're in the midst, the throes of a pandemic where I think pretty much everyone, unless you're living under a rock, even if you don't believe in COVID, knows that losing your smell and your taste is part of it. <laughs> and they just assume this candle doesn't have a scent. That's funny. Yeah. That's so, so funny. Yeah. So essentially, uh, you know, uh, took to Twitter, but then somebody presented a Bucamp, Bu- turned the joke into a full paper published and presented it at this week's international AAI AAAI conference on web and social media that examines the clear link between no smell reviews and the uptick in COVID-19 cases. Wow. Wow. There's something like, so like Yankee candle is, is something that's used very specifically by, I think certain, like, I mean, everyone who doesn't love a Yankee candle to regift, you know, but (laughs) But like the people who like you walk in, like, I think I'm imagining like a rustic house, uh, a rustic style house in a flyover state with maybe barn doors, barn. Yeah. Barn doors with maybe someone who might complain frequently. (laughs) Just a guess. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Just, just, yeah. Uh, It's, it's almost as if the people that buy, a lot of Yankee candles also don't possibly believe in COVID. Am I putting that correlation together? I don't know. Well, I'm looking, I'm following science. You must fucking not. You must not think you're going to get it if it doesn't dawn on you. Like, it, I wrote three reviews today. One, my Yankee candle wasn't working. Two, when I opened up my can of tuna, it like tasted like nothing. And three... I can't stop coughing when I walked into Target. They must have smoke in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's it's just what's interesting. the date? December third, twenty twenty. Why are you asking? <laughs> so there's an interesting trend, similar, some way uh, in the economy. It's called the lipstick test, where when the economy is going badly, lipstick sales skyrocket. Because people can't afford big luxuries like vacations or like new cars or, you know, you know, luxury clothes, but they can invoke, like they spend more on little luxuries like lipstick, like a treat. Oh, I'm going to treat myself to this because I can't go on, you know, I can't go to state parks or whatever. And lipstick sales surged in half one of 2022. We're in it rough. But also something I've been following on the social media, and maybe I'm an economist myself, is yeah, stripper, yeah, sure you are. Stripper Twitter is saying we're headed for a rough economy, y'all. If the people from <laughs> basically the, like where the strippers are traveling and like where they're finding business, they're like if it's drying up in Miami and they're having to go to New York, like shit's getting rough if like people in atlanta are having to go to this street like if if things yeah. are drying up and having to travel to here to here we're in for it like we're on the front lines we know who has money and who doesn't and if this type of customer can't spend the money we're all in a world of hurt soon so something to keep an eye on something to think about yeah so i'm doing my own little economic investigations so you know the best it's it's tough 
financially out there? And like, what do you do if you need a new car? You know, I, have you ever, have you ever watched that show, uh, that documentary hands on a hard body? I uh, know, but I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll watch it. Some. We'll cover it maybe in a bonus episode, but from the Kansas city.com hole in one prize winner sues after the country club refuses to give him keys to the new truck that he allegedly won. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what better way to get a car than to win it, you know? Yeah. So the best prize for the tournament of the century seems a little early to do one of those, but we're only 22 years in, but whatever, you know, do you? Sure. The Moralton Country Club wasn't the 1500 for top flight winners, but rather a 2022 F-150 Ford 4x4 Super Crew valued at $53,000. The truck was highlighted on social media by Country Club in Arkansas and on the day that led to the weekend tournament. Hole in one on number 10 gets you the keys to this truck. Great. Okay. Cool. Cool. They even plugged the dealership that, you know, sponsored it. And so, yeah. Yeah. You know, they advertised it on their socials. So Austin Claggett made the hole in one. He did it. Yeah. He, on October 8th at 2 p.m., he got a hole in one on the 10th hole. And he took a picture next to the truck with his hole in one ball. Everyone's like, cool. Like he did it. But the country club and the car dealership were like, "Mm, we're not going to give you the keys to this car. Yeah. So now he's filing a suit against both with his intern, with his attorney stating he was cheated out of the prize. So he had to pay $375 entry fee for this tournament and so his attorney's like we got to do what's right which i know is an attorney that you like oh you know but he he probably sounds more like um mr claggett lived up to his end of the deal when he got the hole in one and now the marlton country club and jay hard ford of marlton want to crawfish out of the deal if they don't want to pay up when mr claggett got the hole in one they shouldn't offer the deal I love that he said that they want to crawfish out of the deal. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know, but I, I understand exactly. You know, it was colorful language and I was uh-huh. like, yes, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll follow this story and see what happens. But what the country club said that, okay, yes. So the dealership was like, we never said you could have this truck. Or, I don't know. This is, I mean, they're... This person's about to get themselves a truck. I mean, I if I worked at a dealership at a golf course, I'd be like, can we just split it and give this guy a truck? Like it's good. instead yeah. of going to legal fees, because this guy, this guy's lawyers that we're trying to crawfish out of the deal, he's gonna win over a jury with that shit. You know he, he will. He's a good old southern law, yeah. Yeah. He probably takes pregnant pauses. Oh yeah. And he, let you he think commands, about it. commands he, a jury. When Mr. Claggett hit the hole in one, wouldn't you think the truck should have been his? Now, let me take you back to 1860 in Scotland (laughs) when golf was invented. Do you think those men ever thought it would come to this? 
I don't know when golf was invented, but I injustice. Think- yes. Do you ever feel like you're just like the center of attention and everyone's loving you and everyone's intrigued and thinks you're so mysterious and then you just burp? Uh, constantly. Yes. I have main character syndrome, but also uh-huh. frequent burps. <laughs> so from NPR.org, a black hole is releasing some strange burps and it's baffling sciences. I mean, what's more mysterious and main character than a black hole truly it like is that girl it's like oh stuff comes in but it doesn't come out she's that bitch but she's burping is stuff fighting back or is she like making room for more and we're all gonna get sucked into a black hole soon (laughs) i mean i wouldn't have to finish paying off my student loans cool but use that attitude (laughs) listeners (laughs) you are probably gonna get sucked into a black hole so just be in debt. <laughs> Live large. Please, Ruin please the economy. It won't matter soon. Don't take that advice. Don't this take is a any financial advice. Comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah. So this black hole has been burping out energy from a small star that it was observed shredding in 2018. And it, this is unusual, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So essentially the star was pulled apart or spaghettified. Is that a scientific term? Is that a scientific term, NASA? It must be. This? It okay. must be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use spaghettified with a bunch of scientists next time I get the chance. See what see what comes up. And they'll be is, like, oh, is she one of us? Yeah. Is there anything more gnarly than the thought of being spaghettified? <sighs> oh. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't feel it. So essentially what happened was there were tidal disruption events or TDEs. Oh my God, I'm I'm definitely going to have a TDE in the future. And it was emitting (laughs) energy at an unusual velocity. So it was more than two years after the event. So it's taking this long to get to us. I mean, that's how long cheese kind of sits around with me. You know, like if I have cheese, it'll, it'll fuck me up for at least two weeks. And, you know, for stars, like, I feel like stars, black holes, like do the math. Like that's about two years. Yeah. 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 They just had some space cheese and had a TDE because of it. (gasps) Like, do we need to be worried? (laughs) I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I'm just trying to be in like in a place of Zen because it's like. Do I think like the supply chains are breaking down and like we're headed for an apocalypse? Like, yes. That's why I buy like cat litter and sparkling water and Dolly Parton cake mixes in bulk. And I'm going to ride this shit out. But like, am I moving to like a bunker with like real supplies and like land to grow my own food? No. So it's about balance. You know, I just just, keep living until you die. That's kind of how I, you know, just keep living. What the hell is a bunker supposed to do if you're, if we're spaghettified? Guess what else is getting spaghettified? You fucking bunker, dude. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I don't. Speaking of Twilight Zone, there's that other episode with the guy who, like, he just can't catch a break. He just wants to fucking read a book. He, I just, I want to read a book. I wish people would leave me alone so I can just read my books. And yes. then he gets put into a scenario where he's like the last man on earth. And so he can read his books. And then. 
he just steps on his glasses. Steps on them glasses. You know, yeah. there's, I don't. That's almost don't, like a genie style, like. <laughs> yeah, like, like here's the your gin wish. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you okay. Uh, I just don't yeah. think that there's any, anything good about being all alone. No. Man, nothing you know what, freaks me out like a black hole. Yeah. You know what? You know what will ensure that you're never alone, though? Pets. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, I just couldn't live without my two best boys, Charlie I, and Mac. Charlie and Mac. I love my dog Pretzel. So, you know, how could we blame this guy? He just wanted to bring his pets. Yeah. So from APnews.com, you know, the source, a man is charged with smuggling pythons in his pants at the U.S. border. Is that a python in your pants? You're just happy to see me. <laughs> uh, no, ma'am. It's three. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, it's three raging pythons. That's how they got them. They didn't even search them or pat them down. It didn't show up in the x-ray. Somebody just said, is that, is that a snake in your pants? You're just happy to see me. And then he was like, oh, shit, they got me. <laughs> Help. <laughs> so he was New York City man's charged with smuggling three Burmese pythons in his pants at the U.S.-Canadian border crossings. 36-year-old guy. Hidden snakes on a bus that crossed into northern New York. You can't bring these across the border. Like, you're not supposed to. Like, to a point where this guy might serve 20 years in prison. Yeah. There are federal regulations listing them as interest to human beings. I don't know a ton about snakes, but I Mm -hmm. do know a lot about dogs. And if I was to smuggle a dog, I wouldn't put it in my pants it'll move i don't think that my dog would bite me or anything but i just don't totally see the logic of the snakes in the pants like maybe he had like some jinko wide leg cargo pants Mm -hmm. and that this is just in his pockets but since this article doesn't confirm that Mm -hmm. or place the snakes i'm gonna assume that he just stuffed them down his pants like and that they were just wiggling around his bait and tackle. But you gotta, you gotta have like some type of a seal at the ankle so they don't just like slither out. Yeah. So he had like some wild sweats on, and they were just like he just had like one leg that just looked like he took like you know a Princess Margaret size poo poo, and they were like, <laughs> sir. And he was like, ah, you caught me. It's three snakes. <laughs> The Burmese python is the world's largest snake and is considered vulnerable species in its native Asia and is invasive in Florida where it threatens native animals. Also, did he he must have like put some type of sedative on the snakes to keep them from moving around. You know what I mean? He must have drugged them or something, right? Because what yeah, what's to stop them from wrapping around your leg? I don't know, man. I just I don't know how they I don't know how they strike or kill. I don't know what pythons do to I don't hunt. know their vibe. Yeah, I don't know their yeah, vibe. Yeah, what is your vibe? If you're a Burmese python, like, write in. Like, what is yeah, your what's vibe? what's your vibe? Yeah. What's your vibe, snake? Yeah. So they're a non-venomous snake. So you don't have to worry about being, I mean, you get bit, but it's not venomous. So I, hmm. The ouchies, you know? Yeah, they are. I'm trying to read a Wikipedia quickly. How do they kill? They choke <laughs> the shit out of you. I get, yeah, I guess they're, uh, they're, or they just they're eat you. I mean, rappers. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you something. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for the dumpster <laughs> fire of the week. Oh my God. The man I have lived in fear of what? since he's been in Los Angeles. Cassandra, have you not, have you not just every stoplight you go to not just been scared of James Corden just bursting into like a musical? Right. Getting like anytime I get close to CBS uh, or near the Grove, like I'm like, oh my God. I have to get to this audition. I'm already running late. If I get stopped by a flash mob with the Jonas Brothers and James Corden, I'm going to lose it. I truly, he like terrorized the streets of Los Angeles. With this carpool karaoke, whatever. Anyways, people sent, people tend to like James Corden. He's a, a delightful guy on TV with a lot of games. Turns out, though, that Delight uh, stops at celebrities and then he becomes kind of an asshole. <laughs> Traffic hazards aside, James Gordon, James Corden likes his carpool karaoke and his omelets very yolky. <laughs> this, so the, there's a damning revelation that came through social media. So the restaurateur Keith McNally, who Instagram decreed on Monday, October 17th, that the overly excitable late late show host has been banned from his popular new york restaurant balthazar okay so all right all right so it's it's been a staple in the new york scene it's popular celebrities and you know npcs alike for a decade and for, for its decadent hot epic hot epic epoch help me what hot 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 at whatever it's fucking fancy it's, it's fancy. fucking fancy okay it's, it's like, a fancy oh. french place yeah it's french escargot no. steak frites like yeah you know whatever and uh james corden 86th you're out yes. but over social media yeah the owner said he was the most abusive customer to my service my servers in the restaurant since the restaurant opened 25 years ago this is this uh, article is coming to us by from Vulture, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it's it's all over TikTok right now. I'm sure. I feel like my TikTok is blowing up with all these other servers being like, "Oh, finally, like this isn't surprising," and then telling their own James Corden stories. So I think what we can establish is that James Corden is verified, very not open secret in Hollywood. Verified, he is not a nice person. He's really shitty. But we kind of had a theory, Erica, about mm -hmm. like similar to Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. there are, you know, every everyone has their villain and their hero and their story. So you could read this and go, James Corden is such a villain and you'd be right. But there might be another villain to the story. Well, the owner, Keith McNally, has had his own problems. Loudly defending Woody Allen and Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm. So he uh, he was banned, former Vanity Fair editor Graydon Carter, for frequently no-showing after demanding reservations at peak times. So yeah, this may be just a rich guy, a case of a rich guy just 
enough to not give a single fuck about using that power for good. James Corden was an asshole to the staff and he banned him. But there's a caveat that the, quote, tiny cretin and nevertheless hugely gifted comedian, you know, but yeah, the, the, the owner's not, you know, necessarily, he's a gray character. And then surprise, eight hours later, after decrying this on social media, he returned to Instagram to announce that the ban was over. Yeah, I think that's what's got me like kind of like, yes, weird that this restaurateur felt like he needed to chime in on Woody Allen and Ghislaine Maxwell. But, you know, if it's a big enough place, then um, like whatever. But I, uh, I still don't I don't know if I look celebrities here's here's your deal to all the celebrities who are listening if you're rude to a server your server will never forget that ever forget that does it mean that they're going to run to social media and tell people about it probably not like oh they might or they might like allude to who you are because they don't want to lose their job Mm -hmm. i just kind of feel like there's a bit of a pr stunt occurring that this guy felt like he needed to go on instagram and be like james corden you're 86 like and it wouldn't have felt that way like it would have felt like he was taking a stand for good against an asshole if he wouldn't have immediately like rebuked it as soon as james Mm -hmm. corden called to apologize like there's no way that this is the first time that james corden's being told hey you're kind of rude to servers like can you imagine that this is like when he's finally finding out is when you know this guy like brings up you know oh um uh, now that you put that story about how I yelled at a busboy into perspective, uh, you're right. Like, I don't know. It just, it all seems, I don't trust shit, man. I don't, I think that yeah. good or bad press, like everything is controlled by someone's PRs team somewhere. And so it just, this feels fake. Like, I wonder if there's something worse mm. coming out about James Corden. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're everyone trying- spinning on this. And then yeah. the other thing gets released like late on a Friday night and, you know, has the weekend to not spin up big news. Mm. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's something like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not like interested enough in him to like watch and see if he addresses it on his show. But I just, this all just feels a little fishy to me. Yeah. Well, you know, to tie it back to a previous story that is still in the media forever, one of the Try Guys' wives <laughs> chimed in with her own story. <laughs> uh, she posted a TikTok on Wednesday, the 19th, and said she was, quote, not surprised by the news and that the host has made a habit of abusing restaurant workers and shared her own story about James Corden. She recalls walking past a well known Los Angeles eatery, uh, Little, Little Dom's. Dom's. And she was with a friend and spotted him exiting the building. Getting closer, she said she overheard a restaurant employee telling him that the restaurant was closed, although he could get Corden a reservation for that evening. He was yelling at the busboy and putting on a British accent. A lot of good that does me, mate. A lot of good that does me. So anyway, it's like, okay. He's a dick. He's he's a prick. Like, unless you're a celebrity, he's going to be a prick to you. I mean, there is like... There's something that's circulating around now, TikTok too, being like, hey, remember when he played that? Because he does like a game on his show where it's either you have to tell the truth about something or you have to eat something really gross. Mm -hmm. And so he had Jimmy Kimmel on there and Jimmy Kimmel asked him the question, name two of the cameramen in this room right now. Uh, And James Corden 
ended up drinking the gross thing because he literally couldn't name two cameramen on his crew. So he drank like a glass of bull semen. And it's like, and and it's like, uh, you know, people laughed and whatever. But it's like when you put it, when you think about it a little bit longer and it goes along with all these stories, it's like, what? I don't know. Like, what's up with talk show hosts being like so bad? I don't know. I, truly I mean, it, he's, love he's, that. he's giving, he's giving Ellen vibes, but like not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love stories like that. There, one of the roast jokes that got cut from a RuPaul Drag Race roast was, uh, uh, somebody said, you know, RuPaul, there's your best friend, Miss Alva Shaw. She's one of the, the hosts along the judges along with RuPaul. Um, you guys have been friends for, you know, 25 30 years you know and it's like wow it's incredible it's like rupaul name one of myself Vitage's children <laughs> it, like it, it never like it it, like, it the joke got you know never got to make it to air but somebody did say that it would do it and i was like that's an incredible joke because <laughs> so i'm like funny could they do it i don't know <laughs> yeah who knows but on the, on the show, they're best friends, you know? I mean, they have been. They truly have had like, that deep relationship. But I'm like, oh, fuck. Sometimes I don't know all the kids' names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, if you don't have a relationship with their kids. Yeah, it's like, oh, the tall one? What are you, six? And they're like, I'm 15 now. <laughs> like, and you're nice huh? and tall. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. All right, what are, you, what are you hoarding this week? I am hoarding videos of people packing for trips on TikTok. <laughs> I love it. I'm loving it, list? man. Yeah, like they'll be like, I, I have this one girl who keeps popping up in my feed who's like, literally, she's inspiring me to go carry on only for my three-week honeymoon. Because she's like, here's how I would, <laughs> no, we did five days in Barcelona and I did carry on and Erica was like, I'm checking a bag, babe, sorry. <laughs> I need one. <laughs> But sorry, I just remembered, remember that awful woman in line when we were in cu- waiting to go through customs in Spain, who like, I was like reaching into my bag and like the line had moved a little bit in front of me. <clears throat> and so because I was in my bag, which by the way, so much line still to go, like, yeah. but because I was in my bag, she jumped in front of us and I was like, what? And she's like, you're not moving. And I'm like, it's in my bag. And then she was like so angry. And I was like, okay, well, if it matters that much. And like, I looked at her husband and then she like moved behind us and like, she went back to her space, but it was like, so insane. Yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. I remember. Yeah. Here's a, here's a trashy, trashy we encountered in the world, in the wild. Yeah. Like a straight up Karen in the wild. She was pissed. (laughs) And it was taking a long time, but like, girl, relax. Anyways, we're all in line. Yeah, we're all in line. Anyway, so I loving these people who like this one girl specifically. I can't. I don't know her handle. Sorry, but she was like, "Here's what I would take if I for two weeks in Italy and carry on." And like she packs, she like is a big advocate for packing cubes. She's got a big ass carry on, but like it worked or big ass like personal item, like whatever. But it all works. She gets a lot of stuff in there, and she like lays out all the outfits to see like show like, oh, this is all I'll need because I can pair it this many times and yada yada. And I'm like, man. I don't know. I just like it. I like it. It makes me feel like I could do it too. Mm-hmm. I do. I do enjoy like I packing cubes. I, I do a lot more 
carry on. I'm a much lighter packer than I have been in the past, but Mm. I am going to Europe for two plus weeks in December. (laughs) Winston's like, we have to, we have to share like the big suitcase basically. And I'm like, okay. So how much, so like, you're bringing like two shirts. Like, what are you bringing? Yeah. Like, what do you need? (laughs) What do you need? Like one pair of pants and like two shirts. You can just wash them every other day. Right. (laughs) Cause I'm going to need all of it. I use a CPAP machine to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm regular. I'm destigmatizing it because it's a joke all the time in you know sitcoms about the the loser who snores at night and needs a CPAP machine because he can't breathe. Okay, am I a loser? Uh no, I'm a cra- <laughs> I'm a trash goddess and a born leader. Anyways, so I have to, I use one of these when I sleep so that I can you know sleep soundly through the night. And it takes up space in a, in a suitcase. And it's just, it's just become an unwritten thing that Taylor always puts it in his bag. Like, because I never will have room for it. And Mm -hmm. I would rather just sleep bad for the trip than like sacrifice precious space for it. So he just always has to take my gigantic machine. Like he has to accommodate that. And I love him for it. That's what partnership is. Yes. Making sacrifices. I love it. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. What are you hoarding? Okay. So, uh, oh my gosh. I feel like I have so many things, so many things to tell everyone. I know it's it's like pick, pick my darling. So, so I I want to, I want to pick a podcast this week. Okay. It's called girls next level. Okay. And it's the two of the girls from girls next door about the playboy mansion oh my god it's you, holly and bridget yes this yes. is the one that our friend just told us about oh yeah it's, yes remember? that's right we yes, were in the yes, car yes, yes, yeah. yeah yeah so it's juicy it's good yes because you get the Ooh. behind like it right now i'm still kind of in the pre up like i'm on episode four or five and it's just kind of telling you how they got to the mansion what the dynamic was like with the other women prior to the show prior to kendra all these things of like the behind the scenes truly like what their lives were like and how things worked and like what allowance was like or like how they got asked to go on a date or to join and all of these things like really just eye-opening things i was not aware of it's really really interesting just to hear how things worked or things i assumed did were not and um yeah it's really really interesting um so right now they're still just kind of talking about the pre we have not i've not gotten to the filming of the pilot and moving forward but just having all this context and and hearing it in their words because i haven't read their books so i've just watched you know heard a lot about it but it's good and they're you know they're they're pretty on point storytelling wise they try to do things like somewhat chronologically or like from my point of view, this is how I did it rather than, you know, kind of tell other people's stories. And um, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, this is my experience. Bridget had something different or, you know, they really do a good job of like, this is the chronological. They change names. And, you know, if, if, if they're not speaking kindly about someone because that was their experience with them, like, they do a good job, I think. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Okay, cool. I'm dying to listen to it. I just added it. I just subscribed. Yeah. Girls next level. I would recommend. Yeah. What are you throwing away? Forcing people to take a uh, vacation time when they are not ready. Mm-hmm. I, if I've, if you acquire, uh, you know, uh, a crew 
vacation time at work, mm-hmm. you know, and you're told that you have a cap, mm-hmm. fine. When you're 40 hours away from that cap and all of a sudden you're starting to get emails asking you to start taking some vacation time, but like it's going to take me or take whoever still kind of a while before they get to that cap. Why mm-hmm. don't you just mind your business? Like, yeah. don't make the cap three weeks if you don't want people to take three week vacations. Yeah. You know, it just is upsetting because that's the vacation time that I have earned and I will take it when I want to. And it's not my fault that a couple years ago we weren't so busy and we were able to take two weeks off for Christmas where you could force people to take holiday time. Then we're too busy. I have to work through the holidays. You will not make me just take some random last Wednesday off. Yeah. Yeah. It pisses me off. Anyways, I'm having a meeting about it tomorrow. Someone is having a meeting about it. Something like this tomorrow. God forbid I'm speaking from experience, but it just pisses me off. Like, Leave me alone. I'll take it. I'm I'll, guys. She's going to Europe for two weeks in December. I'm going to Europe for three weeks in March. Like we don't even, we trash, trash. You may never come back after Cause I may, cause I may never come back. That's how long of a vacation. I'm just kidding. But the, inter- the internet goes across the ocean. Uh, no. Um, but like, I'm, you know, someone who's planning a long honeymoon after they're married maybe wants to save their vacation time. Mm-hmm. And if that person is nowhere near their cap, eh, it just makes me mad. It makes me mad. What are you throwing out? Okay. <clears throat> I'm throwing out. I had a, a, I treated myself to a treat last night. Ooh. I shall not name the brand, but let's say you took puffed rice, melted marshmallows, and, you know, ha- you know, let's call that a treat, right? Like those uh-huh. kind of basic ingredients that you would Sounds put together. Good. Sounds good. Sounds great, right? Yeah. Let's say you put those together and, and have some type of treat. Well, mm-hmm. I had a package of, of, of one of those. I open it. I'm not looking. I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. I realized I haven't really eaten. I'm getting lightheaded. And I was like, okay, I'll have some of my cauliflower, dried cauliflower. And I'll have one of these. So I'm not looking. I'm biting. And then I look down because I, I, I feel it taste and i'm like mm, that doesn't oh my god taste, right i look down there is a dime-sized blackness inside of this treat <gasps> and i stop what i'm doing immediately i i'm like what is going on i put it in a ziploc baggie i save the wrapper and everything and then i get on a brand's website yeah go to contact it's already too late in the day because they're east coast so i shoot them off an email and their their form that they asked and provide all the information and i'm like please help it did not taste right it like this is you know took a picture did all the things they asked and i get a little email that's like oh thanks so much for letting you know we're so sorry it wasn't you know satisfactory i'm paraphrasing sometimes things get burnt that's what you're seeing no 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 I know, I know what burnt food tastes like. This was not burnt. This is something else entirely. And I, I'm not trying to go like, you know, shrimp in my, you know, cereal guy. Put it on Twitter. Ah, well, I'm giving them a chance. I'm giving them a chance. They were like, we'll send you some coupons. I was like, like we're going to do put it on more. Twitter. We're going to do a little bit more than coupons. So I sent them a reply email. 
I was like, oh, you know, well, I, you know, I'm going to take it to the county health department and see what they think and test it, you know. So yeah, I politely, I'm pushing back. And if I don't get, I am, yeah, I may go, I may go the way of uh, shrimp tails in my, in my crispies. So put we'll it see. on Twitter. Yeah. So we'll see. That's what I'm throwing out. I'm throwing out, have a reliable brand. And if somebody brings you something that is horrifying, <laughs> respond appropriately. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Oh, that's quality. And little, uh, you know, pro tip for the listeners. I know this isn't a financial podcast and we're maybe not financially responsible people, but certainly not experts. No, certainly not access. If you go to treasurydirect.gov, a government website, the series I savings bonds have a interest rate right now through the 28th. That is 9.62%, which is the highest it's been since 1998. As long as you complete your transaction of buying one of these by the 28th, you'll get this for the next six months. And then the rates are still way more better than just a regular savings account. Way Uh, more better, babe. If you're going to give financial advice, you can't say more better. I think that's in line with our brand. Way more better. (laughs) So I'm just saying, check it out. A series I savings bond, treasurydirect.gov. I don't get any money for telling you this. I just, you know, just give it a whirl if you got somebody to pl- park for a while and, and yes. it grow more than just a regular savings account. That's all. Please yeah. keep in mind that there is a limit to how many of these bonds that you can buy. And people who have actual real life money say that if there's a limit on it, like from the government, that means it's real good. Yeah. Um. So the most you can limit- purchase is $10,000 and you have to buy a minimum of $25. So- also, make sure that you're buying this with money that you're willing to part with for a while because I'm pretty sure you can't get it back until a year. Yeah. And but you're better off putting it in there for five years because I think then that's when like the taxes go away or yeah. I don't know. There's there's some fine print, but Erica was very nice to make that recommendation to all of you just now because that is a very good thing to invest some money in. If you got if you have like I have $98 just sitting in a savings account right now. I have another savings account, you know, for like the wedding, but like <laughs> I have just like a 90, $98 just sitting in a random savings account right now. I'm going to put that $98 in one of these series I savings bonds, put it to work, put it to work, put it to work, but make your money work for you. That's what rich people do. Yeah. Well, and since you'll be rich, let, let's get on the train early and where can we find you? At Cass Cardiness on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you're in LA, um, this drops on Tuesday, or sorry, this drops on Monday, which means tomorrow's Tuesday. I have a show at the Groundlings at 7.30. This is the Groundlings uh, Gary Austin stage. So it's in the student center, but it's like right across the street from the regular theater. It's close enough. Uh, 7.30, it's free. Um, and um, also, ah, gosh, I don't have the exact date in front of me. But for anyone who is a crossover fan between Trashy Trashy and the Nooner podcast, Subterra season two is dropping very soon, I believe. And I do a voice on Subterra. So if you haven't listened to season one of Subterra, do it. It's fantastic. I I cried, um, which is saying a lot because... As someone who knows Steve Kruger, who helped create that, um, you think, oh, he would make me cry because he's so um, mean. But 
he made me cry for a heartfelt thing. Oh, looks like it dropped. Season two. Okay, so season two of Sentara, it's out now. It's out yeah. now. Go listen to it. Go listen to season one. It's a fun uh, sci-fi podcast. Wow. Can't believe I just did all that plugging for Subterra, but it's good. It's good. You love it. You love it. Yeah. If you're proud of it, you're proud of it. Um, where can they find you, Erica? They can find me standing on top of a desk, pointing and dictating directions. Look to any desk. No, you can find me at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram. You can find me at Gilly Gal on Twitter. You can also find me at Iconic Erica Curry on TikTok. Kind of. I'm not super. I'm not super active. I'm getting better. I'm, I just. I, I'm having like social post anxiety. I'll get I think better. You're great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but you can find this podcast at Instagram.com/slash/trashytrashypod and at trashytrashypod on Twitter and on TikTok. Same handle, trashytrashypod. And you can email us at trashytrashypodcast at gmail.com or find our website www trashytrashypodcast.com for a list of all of our links and where you can find us and places to listen as always we love you so much baby trash cans thank you for the reviews they're just rolling in those five-star reviews like i'm i feel whiplash from the amount of five-star reviews we've gotten in the last couple of weeks so oh it's it's hard to keep track yeah it's fantastic we really really appreciate it yes so hey Cass, what's going on girl stay garbage you stay garbage girl i will bye-bye Bye.